Thank you for tuning in to the First Gen Hunter Podcast, the go-to resource for those seeking to establish a foundation in hunting knowledge, skills, and tactics. Well, First Gen Nation, I couldn't help myself any longer. We're right on the cusp of one of my most favorite times of year, which is shed season. And I have been dying to do some shed hunting focused episodes of the podcast. And uh, I'm really hoping to have quite a few of them this spring. And I uh, got some other guys lined up. And I'm going to start off with uh, one of the best shed hunters I know. Mr. Cole Young. You might remember Cole from, I believe it was episode 16. And uh, also, Cole was kind enough to participate in the Deer Season 2020 kickoff video. And so, it's nice of Cole to lend us some of his time. He stays pretty busy uh, doing stuff with working class and uh, also just spend a lot of time in the woods. And actually, when he uh, recorded this one, he was all the way down in deep in the heart of Texas, doing some uh, traveling for work. So we really thank Cole for lending us some of his time for this one. And uh, you know what? I really hope it uh, helps both you and me find more sheds this spring. I, I think for sure it will help us have a better shed season. Well, this episode is pretty well laid back. One of our most laid back episodes yet. A couple of guys kind of just hanging out and uh, chatting all things hunting, shed hunting. Um, Cole pokes some fun at another big buck state here in the Midwest. You'll have to wait and see who that is. But uh, it actually is a state that I really want to hunt because they do have some incredible bucks uh, there in their state and uh, some actually really generous non-resident hunting uh, tag prices and so forth. And just some some uh, great habitat to hunt there and and also some really incredible deer hunters that live there but you'll have to wait and hear who that is and uh brandon as uh you'll notice by the end of this episode is like fully sold on getting into shed hunting he's he's found some sheds for sure in the past but in his 30 some years of hunting he's just really never uh been uh in a very intentional shed hunter but it sounds like that's about to change for him there in the sleeper buck state of delaware but don't allow me to spill the beans on everything here let's go ahead and get on to our episode episode number 38 the first gen hunter podcast an interview with mr cole young brandon this time we cannot say that it's been forever since we talked because it's only been I don't know what maybe three days since we talked. Yeah, that's kind of it's kind of nice after you know sometimes we go through those longer stretches, especially in the heart of the season, and also it's nice to be able to do one almost back to back. So enjoying this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This week has been 
I don't know. It's been kind of a it's been, it's it's been a good week, but it's been kind of weird because mm. you know you're kind of hung up this time of year. You're like, all right, yeah. I got I got a few more days of hunting left, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um, my in my case, uh, as we were talking before we started recording, my hunting plans for this weekend have changed rather uh, significantly. Mm-hmm. Looks like. Most likely, I am done deer hunting for the year, which is no problem mm. at all. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. To be honest with you, I'm just really content. Oh with, yeah, with how my season um, has concluded. You know, I was mm-hmm. kind of hoping to have my first um, multiple deer year. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't achieved that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, technically, I could have. Uh, yeah during um you know that late rifle season i probably could have taken another doe but you mm-hmm. know I was re- we were really just focused on trying to get my wife you know an opportunity to get her first deer yeah. and and yeah. uh so you know just knowing that and then of course you know the biggest part getting that that buck that i did get um on that trip just i i, yes. I don't know i feel I've kind of been having this and maybe this is why it's been kind of a weird week i've been kind of having this inner turmoil like do you really want to take another deer this year? Do you, I mean, mm. well, of course from the, the fun side of it. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I like to, and I, you know, we're not, we're not killing anywhere near enough deer as you hear mm-hmm. from the, the, uh, QDMA most years, which yep. is now the, the, what is that called now? The, uh, uh, the deer, uh, 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 it's the, it's the uh, is it National Deer Association? Yeah, National Deer Association. Okay. Yep, NDA. Yep. 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 Mm-hmm. So they they combined with the National Deer Alliance. Yes. And yep. uh, now they have that new uh, bigger organization. But you know, you hear that statement, and it's kind of a, I don't know, it's a statement that kind of makes you go, hmm, that's interesting. But yeah. you know, I've been hearing, and this is very local. I have not heard on the overall national scale here but i'm sure we could find some numbers here pretty soon as the seasons start wrapping up there's been a lot of deer killed around here this year and i think clear back this summer when we were starting to hear these reports trickle in that uh license sales are up you know by mm-hmm. all the you know however many percent you know i think it was like 300 yeah. percent in a lot of areas were you know just just tons and tons of people were buying hunting i think it was probably both hunting and fishing licenses but definitely sure. yeah definitely a lot more people got out hunting this year which is fantastic yeah but what kind of concerns me from a i don't know maybe a conservation standpoint mm-hmm. is and uh, you know I'm sure that that state agencies build this into their formula that, you know, there may be a year where, like this, where there's just more deer killed than we expect. But, mm-hmm. I mean, one of the local deer processors here, they, they, they put out a post, and I cannot remember, but it was several hundred more deer. Wow. That um, they processed this year than last year. And so, wow. 
Okay. You know, it does kind of make me think, well, maybe this would be a good year to not, you know, really push it to, to go and try and get a second deer because who knows, maybe uh, we've been killing a little bit more deer than than what the formulas for maintaining a healthy population uh, factored in. I don't know. Sure. But, but, yeah, uh, right. You know, though, I, I got to think that it it's probably not too bad if it is above that because... Yeah. Uh, there's still some CWD management seasons going on right here. And yeah. And so, but I don't know. What about you? How are you feeling, uh, as your season kind of, I know you got a few gun days left there in Delaware, but what's the, where where, are you, do you still have kind of that, uh, maybe nagging feeling that, yeah, I'd kind of like to go try and get another one. Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, one of my goals has been, you know, to, uh, to, to shoot multiple deer, you know, each season. And, um, I've been blessed to do that for the last 10 seasons. So, I mean, and I was able to, to continue it this year with, with two does, but, you know, definitely, you know, would love to cap the year off with a, you know, with a, with a wall hanger, you know, been able to do that the last four years. Um, you know, so this year would be kind of the first year that, that I'm not able to do that if I'm not able to capitalize these last couple of weeks. But, you know, honestly, overall, I do feel great about it. I mean, it's been a year of, of seeing other people will have success and that there's a lot yeah. of fun in that, you know, when you're, when you're, you know, part of a team and you're enjoying that. I mean, that's, there, there is a lot of fun and in, 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 in a very real sense, more fun in that than even in, you know, your own success. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. Um, one of the guys that I'm, that I'm mentoring actually just got his license. He's excited to go out. I mean, it's very end of the season, but he wanted to be able to, you know, get his license. He did his field day. He finishes hunter safety course. And uh, I think I'm going to be taking him out next Wednesday. So, um, got a spot set up that, yeah, yeah. It'll be his, his official first time going hunting himself, you know, so I'll be with him and, you know, and he went with me earlier this year, just kind of tagged along with me, but now he finally has his license. And so we'll get him out and with his work schedule, he works weekends a lot. So, you know, trying to coordinate a time where we can get out. So got a nice field set where, you know, there's a food plot and, and, you know, some good stuff out there. So, Hopefully we'll get him a chance to, you know, get a doe or get something. He'd love to have some deer meat for the freezer. So I'd love to be able to do that. The other guy that I'm uh, mentoring, um, we're going to, we're going to go out next Saturday. He doesn't have his license, so he's hoping to get it by next season, but he's going to come out with me. So I'll have him out with me. Uh, I'm able to have a, one of my neighbors, uh, take him out next Friday. Uh, so just trying to, you know, enjoy getting other people out there and hopefully seeing them have success. And we, uh, we've, we've got, you know, shooter bucks still, you know, three super, actually four super solid ones between two of the properties that we have. So, I mean, it's been really hard to get daytime pictures of them. So we've uh, got a front moving in this Friday, um, and raining into Saturday morning. So hope we're open Saturday, uh, is going to be a really, really good day. So we're, we'll see. We, we basically just got a couple weekends left and then, you know, that's all she wrote. So we'll see if we can't, you know, do the full court press. We were talking about, you know, just a strategy for one of the properties um, on Saturday. We looked like we're going to have a west-southwest wind. So uh, just kind of trying to be strategic about, you know, really kind of covering all the travel routes. And that's another benefit when you've got, you know, a group of people that you can, you know, that like-minded, you know, you can kind of cover all those areas. And, you know, if one one of the three or four gets one, I mean, hey, y'all, y'all celebrate together. So, that's right. We'll see what happens, but you know, hopefully we're riding off into the sunset to finish the year out. 
Yeah, I hope you do. I really do. I, you know, that'd be, that would be really cool because I think you deserve it. You need to, the reason <laughs> you deserve you. it. The reason you deserve it is because you've been taking <laughs> all these people out hunting, and you know that's that's not an easy thing to do. You know, there's well, thank you. That's it's it shows you're not you're not being selfish. You're not keeping it to yourself, and so I think you deserve it. I think you deserve to thank have that you. big old gnarly buck, probably one you've never even seen before. You know, just right. That'd be awesome. Ends yeah. up traipsing in, and mm-hmm. who knows? Maybe all those uh, scrapes you were uh, yes posting on uh, the HFL page today. Yes, you know maybe there's some uh, really really late. Mm-hmm. rutting activity going on there or something yes you know I mean, maybe there's hoping, man <laughs> maybe there's like a yearling uh doe that's that's in heat or yep. something that you'll mm-hmm. you'll mm-hmm. uh that'll get the get the woods to go crazy for you this weekend yes but, i hope so man yeah so do i i think you like i said i think you deserve it well uh we're gonna have cole young on here in just a a few minutes um but we're kind of previewing well Maybe not even preview. Maybe more. Maybe the right term here is kicking off. We're not going to do mm. like a, a full on, you know, uh, tips and tricks for shedding. We'll mm. do a little bit of that, but we're really going to focus on like the shed season scouting aspect because I think when you you look at most hunters, there most hunters mm-hmm. are good, like really good at a couple different things, you know, it's like what mm-hmm. they've chosen to specialize with. And for Cole, right. that is very much so identifying a target buck and going and getting him. And, yeah. uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy the things he, he has accomplished. Um, but he has incorporated shed hunting into that in a big way. And yeah. so we kind of want to pick, Cole's brain here, and honestly, it's something that that kind of intrigues both Brandon and me. So I'm talking to listeners yeah. here, and that is, how do you, you know, really do so well with finding a specific buck's sheds? I mean, that's yeah. Uh, and there's a couple guys out there that do it. Now I understand you go to the same home range or core area where this buck likes to spend a lot of time, then you're, you know, you got a good chance of finding him. But I'm telling you. Cole, <laughs> he finds a lot of sheds yeah. that go to yeah. a specific buck through the years. And so there's obviously a method to the madness there, and it's not just a lucky uh, a lucky mm-hmm. uh, trip over a, an antler on your way through the woods. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's locating these and, and picking them up. So we want to, we you know, reach out to Cole a little bit and, and just – hear some words of wisdom on shed hunting from that yeah. perspective and of course we'll get a few you know just hey what's your go-to tip you know if you had to find a yeah. shed that kind of thing but um i'm hoping brandon gets into shed hunting a little bit more so yeah. I, I figure if i have enough of these really high quality interviews with some like true shed uh you know aficionados i guess you could say mm-hmm. shed mm-hmm. experts then maybe brandon will uh start being yes. becoming obsessed with shed hunting <laughs> as much as i am and here's how obsessed i am with shed hunting everybody mm. i would say now this is getting a little personal here but i would say probably 20 times a year 20 nights a year i mm. dream that I find a giant shed. Oh, that's pretty awesome. 
<laughs> and I actually had just this last week. <laughs> you can mm-hmm. say what you really think here. That's pretty weird. But uh, <laughs> I actually <laughs> dreamed this last week that I was shed hunting with my wife. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were hitting some some new area, I think. I didn't recognize it in my dream anyways. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> there was this buck that was already shed on one side. And uh, I, like, got him to walk up to me. And I grabbed the other antler on his head and popped it off. And uh, oh. I was, like, so proud of myself for <laughs> Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So to say that I'm a little obsessed with shed hunting, I think is probably uh, an understatement. I just love yeah. shed hunting. Yeah. I dream yeah. about it. I uh, spend a lot of hours looking for them and uh, I'm even working on a first gen hunter shed season t-shirt and I'm hoping to have nice. it. I'm hoping to have it released in time for shed season this year, but who knows every you know there's only so much you can do and might have to wait for another shed season but it's in the sure. works people it's in the works we can't we can't Very do everything cool. at once but well we should probably get Cole on here although i think yeah, he's man. uh i think he's trying to get some time to eat some dinner here he had to work late tonight so yeah now that you guys are uh thoroughly uh weirded out by my uh, shed hunting uh, obsession <laughs> let's start talking some sheds with Cole Young All right. All right, first geners, listen up for a minute. New year, new opportunities, right? Should be. I'm speaking to myself here as well. Hunting is filled with many great traditions that we can enjoy year in and year out, but sometimes it's good to branch out. One of those ways to branch out is through trying something new. And by that I mean it's good to look at hunting somewhere new. The interviews on out-of-state tag applications with our friend Alex Gruen of East to West Hunts have been quite popular, which tells me that people are looking hard at hunting some new country. Well, just to give you that little extra nudge to start making plans to complete your dream hunt, Alex is offering a 10% discount off of his tag application and hunt planning services for First Gen Hunter podcast listeners. All you got to do is head to his website, alexgruen.com, choose the service you need, and check out with the promo code FIRSTGEN10. All one word, capital F, I-R-S-T, capital G-E-N, the number 10. And again, you can find Alex and order his services at alexgruen.com. A-L-E-X-G-R-U-I-N.com. And don't forget to use the promo code FIRSTGEN10 at checkout to save 10% and to get going on that bucket list hunt you've been dreaming of he's back that's right cole young the big buck boogeyman is back live (laughs) with us tonight well sort of live we're not like in a studio yet you know we haven't even gotten to record like in person yet together and technically this is the third time 
Cole is coming on the show. What you guys don't know is that we have this uh, unreleased in the archives of First Gen Hunter, an unreleased story of the giant slob Cole killed back in November. If you followed uh, the First Gen Hunter social media pages, or if you follow um, Working Class Bow Hunter, you'll know about that buck. Um, sidekick, Tommy, Tomahawk. Yeah, he's a giant. <laughs> Hundred and what do you go, Cole? One hundred ninety-five. Is that is that the uh, latest? Yeah, he's he's somewhere in there. One ninety-three to one ninety-five. I uh, I haven't gotten a solid solid score on him, but uh, I'm I'm usually pretty close. And I was I scored him at one ninety-three and six eights, I think. But man. It's got a lot of stuff. One of mm-hmm. easily one of the coolest bucks I've ever seen. I mean, I, oh yeah, I, I know some guys are all about those those typical giants, but this thing, man, that it basically has a third main beam extending off the back of the rack. And uh, if you haven't seen the pictures yet, definitely go scroll down on the uh, First Gen Hunter Facebook page or uh, Instagram page, and you can find what that buck looks like, and it is something. But You'll have to wait to hear about it. In fact, I am purposefully saving that episode for the bleak midwinter when we're all in our off-season fog and it feels like deer season is a million miles away. I'm going to key up this interview that I have with Cole on this giant buck. And uh, you do not want to miss it because it is some pretty... uh, I don't even know how to really describe it. It's, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that the guys on TV wish they could do. <laughs> but what'd you yeah. say, Brandon? Right, that's, man. That's a that's that's kind of that's that's a I think the best way to put it. Like to to be able to uh, identify a, a buck in such a little amount of time, and then and also the fact that it's way out of town, you got to travel to go shoot it, and uh, gets it done within uh, basically two attempts um it's pretty impressive stuff but you're gonna have to wait i don't want to give too much away you'll have to wait for that episode to drop probably be a uh i don't know maybe by the end of this month maybe early february something like that Mm -hmm. but we'll it'll be out here very soon very soon but tonight that's not what we're talking about tonight we are talking about in my opinion one of the most glorious times of the year shed season in fact I don't know if I've ever said this before, but Cole and Brandon, I started shed hunting before I started deer hunting. And, uh, I've, you know, not getting into it until I was an adult. I figured that was an, e- that was a more manageable thing to bite off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, yeah. no, I, yep. I actually encourage people to do that. Like, I, I think that, I think you did it right. I think that if you can't hunt and you can shed hunt, you should go shed hunt. If you, yeah you know you know if you can't get permission to hunt ground but you can get permission to hunt or shed hunt ground yeah you should you should go shed hunt you can actually i mean you can learn so much more from shed hunting especially if there's snow on the ground still yeah you you can learn so much more from about deer activity than you can running out there and october you know mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's a good point i guess i never really thought of it that way but during shed season the gloves kind of come off you know you're 
you you aren't being so careful with not bumping deer and and i mean you're getting right in there with them and i yeah i never thought of it that way that's a really good point you just see so much more of what they're doing and and uh you're right i and you know that that was one of the things what was kind of cool about it when i first started doing it is you know i'm reading all these articles on it and you know learning what's a buck rub you know all that stuff and and you know now looking back and and thinking about some of the the weird the weird uh misconceptions i had and that kind of thing but actually the first shed i ever found so this is i started shed hunting when my wife and i uh were, were living in an apartment in bettendorf iowa and um I would go over to this, like, basically public walking area. There's, like, a big dog park and and a walking path. And uh, i just wander off the trail and look for sheds. <laughs> and finally, mm. finally when I found one, I'd, I'd gone out there, I don't know, maybe probably five to ten times before I ever found one. But it's like, you know, like one of those, i got to rub my eyes moments because I can't believe what I'm finally seeing. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know it was cool because i had my brother-in-law with me and he had never gone hunting or shed hunting or anything so he kind of got to be in on the experience and yeah, it was a cool time but what do you guys like the most about shed season what what's like i mean do you get that excited about it i know cole you get pretty excited about it, but brandon you it's kind of been something different for you right yeah i mean I, i've never i haven't honestly i, I have not really in the past gotten into it and just, you know, from our talking and, you know, talking to a a few different guys, you know, it's definitely something I'm excited to get into, you know, more into this year. I mean, the thing that excites me most really is from the aspect of, you know, kind of, you know, those dreams of what a deer is going to look like the next year. And, you know, one thing Mm -hmm. that, that I've started doing a lot is, you know, our group has started doing a lot is identifying specific bucks, naming specific bucks. And so the thought of, you know, especially if, you know, a lot of times, you know, bucks, they'll go missing, you know, they, they get off their travel patterns different times of the year. And you're like, man, did the thing get hit by a vehicle? Did, you know, did someone get it late season or whatever, you know? And then, you know, you're, you're waiting, you're waiting. And then you find a shed that you, you know, is from that buck. I mean, man, that's, yeah. that just re reinvigorates the excitement. So, I mean, that's kind of, you know what, I, what I'm all about. I love naming bucks. You know, I love, I love, you know, seeing the pictures of them and, you know, to add that, that additional facet of finding the shed, you know, just uh, would be you know, just further excite me for the year to come, you know, to see what, what that buck could turn into next year. So that's kind of my take on it, but that's, that comes from a, you know, from a, a you know, inexperienced shed hunters take I mean, Cole, what, what's your, what's your thoughts on it? Uh, so I would say initially that, that was my, what attracted me to it, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, there, there wasn't a lot of people, I guess it wasn't a huge thing when I first started shed hunt, you know, I mm-hmm. kind of walked in the door with, you know, six antlers and my dad was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you found all those? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, that's more sheds than I've ever found in my entire life. Get in the truck. Let's go back out and look. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, definitely the, like, just like you said, Brandon, like I, I really enjoy the being able to put together, you know, what deer it was. And, and I mean, I'll have deer that I don't, I might not get a picture of all season. 
mm-hmm. and then I might not, I might not have had a picture of him last season, but right. I know I know the deer from you know years past, and then yep. you know to pick up a shed, it's like it just it it restarts the story, you know. Mm. It's like oh man, I thought he was gone. Yeah, when you pick yeah. Up. But I I think that I have really transitioned into just it's a really I I encourage anybody with kids like the shed hunting is the time to get them interested in the outdoors mm, because it's a good tip you, you don't have to be quiet you don't have to right. you don't even have to wear a camo i mean my daughter yeah, right. my daughter wore a bright pink you know windbreaker and carried her elsa purse you know it, <laughs> it, it, it it's the best time you know they can they can mess around. They can throw sticks. It mm. it doesn't matter. And yeah. you know, right? It it's it's a perfect time to get them interested in the outdoors. And yeah, um, I I guess that's kind of what it's what I'm saying is it it's transitioned into that for me as just as being a time to take be able to take the kids out. You know, I I could yeah. take I can take them out a little bit during the season. You know, as they're getting older, but you know, I I don't I don't want to take them out when it's too super cold or right. or you know it, it becomes a lot of work. But shed season, it's like yeah, do what you want, run yeah. around, act yeah. crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting that you mentioned that too because you know I know from I mean, growing up, I, I don't know if you guys were like this, but you know, some of my very favorite memories growing up. We're just going for walks in the woods with my dad, you know, I mean, just, and, and we weren't shed hunting at the time, you know, we were just, Hey, we're going back in the woods behind the house and man, we're kicking up some ducks, you know, back in the swamp, we're just walking around and having a good time. I mean, that was, those were some of my favorite memories. So, I mean, you know, just the chance to just get out and walk around, enjoy time together and obviously target, you know, some shed hunting. I mean, it just, you know, you're combining a lot of pretty awesome things. Yeah. Yeah, I've really grown to love that you know, mid to late February to, Mm -hmm. you know, April, you know, kind of push mushroom season in there with it. And Mm -hmm. because my kids loved mushroom hunt. I mean, (laughs) they loved to mushroom hunt. So it, it's, it's been a good time to, to get them interested in the outdoors and yeah, just give them something to do, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, Cole, this is something that I've wondered about because, you know, me, yeah, I, I really didn't get into shed hunting until, I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong here, you know more about hunting culture, but it seems like shed hunting really didn't become that big of a thing until what, maybe within the last 10 years, people really started. I mean, the word kind of got out on it. Right. And, and, uh, man i mean i've come across people who i never would have expected to even know that deer shed their antlers and i find out uh, they they like shed hunting (laughs) i have said this several times that you know the advancement of i guess uh like i i feel like the hunting industry was trying to do a good thing but essentially it's i mean Part of it has ruined some some really good stuff. I mean, when when I first started shed hunting, I mean, 
I don't know that I knew anybody else that, that shed hunted. I mean, it's the same mm-hmm. thing when I first started bow hunting when I was, you know, 14 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I mean, there was maybe, I might've had three neighbors or, you know, I mean, essentially I knew like five people that bow hunted. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, now, I mean, I know a, a thousand people that bow hunt, you know, yeah. it, it, and I'm not saying that it's a bad thing or, mm-hmm. or a good thing or whatever. I just, it has really taken off. Uh, and I, I, like I said, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I know, I know that there is a lot of interest in, in both now. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't know that it's attracted all the the right people, but, but it's, uh, it's pretty crazy how I've seen it, uh, transition over the last, like you said, like, I mean, it's been, I mean, the last 10 or 12 years, like it's just come a long, long way, especially Mm -hmm. with, you know, even in the last five years, just with like social media, like it's just really, really blown up and, uh, it's, a tr- it's attracted a lot of really really good things but it's it's also attracted some some not so good things yeah mm. you, you know what's what's interesting about you saying that is you're a guy who likes to share information and I think you've you know I mean you're doing it right now right we're <laughs> we're, we're potentially hurting our own shed count right now all three of us <laughs> there might be an extra an extra set of uh footprints uh uh when we hit the woods here soon but I think we understand that man th- this is so much fun you know what I mean like like shed yeah. hunting is just so much fun hunting is so much fun and we can't help but talk about it. You know what I mean? It's kind of like if, uh, you know, you had, you found, you found like the best burrito place around, you know what I mean? Like that place makes the best burritos. You're going to tell everybody about it. You know, you want other people to experience what you've been enjoying. And so I definitely, I definitely hear what you're saying. And as being somebody who's, who's, you know, and after the fact shed hunter, I guess you could say, you know, somebody who, who really did get attracted to it by, um, you know, a lot of the ways, probably most of the new shed hunters today, uh, uh, look for sheds. Um, you know, I understand how, how people who've been doing it for their whole lives probably do feel a little frustrated that, you know, Mm -hmm. there's more, competition there's you know maybe people who are uh disturbing the the peace and quiet i guess you could say a little bit and and uh you know i think that that's something that you know we shouldn't i don't think anybody should feel bad about it i'm i don't feel bad about it and i'm one of those people <laughs> you know yeah I mean? right I, I'm yeah. Not, you're you're one of the good people though i mean uh essentially I've, i mean i'm just trying to kind of ball that into it it's just a lot of it's just more pressure right it's just right yep mm-hmm. it's just pressure anyway you know like where where you know a lot of public ground wasn't necessarily getting shed hunted now it's you know you, like you said you can't walk 
anywhere without running into somebody or, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, whereas guys typically didn't start shed hunting until, you know, everything melted off and it was, you know, 50 degrees. Now, you know, in the middle of winter, you're running into, you know, it, January 20th, you're, you're mm-hmm. running into guys shed hunting and, and you know, you're, you're bumping 20 deer with horns on them, but it, it's that's kind of where I was going with it. That mm-hmm. I I hunt property that's got a lot of pressure from every direction, but mine. And mm-hmm. then I have property where there's no pressure anywhere, and it it really is mind blowing the the difference in just deer movement. And mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it's really really opened up my eyes. I mean. There is something to be said for letting them do what they want to do, and that's and and shed hunting is comes comes down to it. But yeah, that's interesting that you bring that up because I I do want to hear your perspective on that because most of my I would say my shed hunting breakdown is I mean I've I've been really fortunate to get to know some generous people who have allowed me to go shed hunt on their property and and uh you know i'm pretty much as far as i know the only one who who shed hunts those pieces um but most of my shed hunting through the years has been on public ground and so i mean i guess this the deer sign that i see mostly and i and part of this is i haven't been doing it long enough to notice the subtle nuances that that you instantly see when when you step onto a farm but i guess i most of my ground that i'm shedding is is so highly pressured that i only see deer in that you know in that light how where they're you know where they're going to be they're going to be a lot deeper into the timber probably than what they would be on a farm and uh in fact uh two of my sheds i actually three of my sheds that i found this last year were one was in a cornfield right on an edge and uh uh the other two were in like these little uh uh grassy patches right off i mean just you could tell there was a deer there chewing its cud you know and he was he, he wasn't really bedding there it was just kind of a kind of a resting area for a little while while he was digesting and and uh Whereas you go to a public piece, you could be right close to the corn and you're not going to find a shed there. They're going to be, you know, they get, they push so much deeper. I mean, they're still, they still got it. They have needs, you know, they got to meet those needs, but it's, it's, uh, I guess maybe that's the only difference I've seen. What kind of, what kind of differences are you seeing between your really high pressure area and your low pressure area? I guess that that uh the the farm that i have that's that's very very low pressure um there is not a single piece of food on the property other than just what there is to browse mm-hmm. and i mean there is just mud paths everywhere i mean it is it, it's good winter habitat it's deep draws mm-hmm. you know south hillsides it's got a lot of the right things. 
Sure. But I stay completely out of there from, you know, I mean, in this this year, you know, from mid-November until I, I typically just set up the first weekend of March. And that's when I go down. I, I am a firm believer in if, if you, if you know for a fact, or if it is your own property, um, if you, if you know for a fact that you're the only one who sheds hunts it, I, I, I think it's silly to step in there Yeah. before March 1st or, you know, even the very end of February, you know, if the weather's nice and, mm-hmm. you know, but I also get it if it's, you know, if it's mid February and you want to go for a walk, I, I understand, but, um, I, I wait until then and I just go and pick up antlers basically, you know, I, um, and it's just, you can see the difference in, I mean, I think the first year I went down there, I picked up like 15 sheds or something like that. Oh, wow. It, it, it was just, I was kind of in awe that mm-hmm. there was no food anywhere and you know these deer want to be here but yeah and and i think it was i think it's strictly because of the lack of pressure and and it has the right habitat but Mm -hmm. right my my farm that you know we we have hunted for you know whatever for forever and Mm -hmm. we've really really done it lot of habitat management and we really try to you know manage what we shoot um most of the neighbors are really good now about letting younger deer walk and Mm -hmm. uh you know we we plant a lot of food plots and what i've seen is it's gotta be really bad like it's got to get nasty like we got to get snow we got to get ice for it to be a really in my opinion successful shed season we have mm-hmm. we have excellent winter habitat we have i mean on our farm we have very very low pressure but it's just very evident to me that they're in tune with you know that if you think for a second that there's not deer that walk by your trail camera and don't say, yep, that's trail camera. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, you're just, I guess you're either just inexperienced or you just, you know, you, you haven't seen enough trail camera photos. I mean, if a deer is looking directly at the camera when it takes a picture, he knows that something's wrong. Like something yeah. different. Yeah. So to me, that is pressure. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I, I'm not nagging on trail cameras. I mean, I run trail cameras, but yeah, I, I do think that it affects them. So I try to put them places where I feel like I'm going to have minimal effect, but mm-hmm it's just very evident to me that the deer around me are, are in tune with a lot of things. I mean, every, every species adapts, buddy. I mean, it just, Oh yeah. 
they they do. So yep. yeah, deer's eyesight ain't as bad as everybody thinks either. They they can't see white light very well. They can't see red light very well, but they see blues, mm-hmm. greens, mm-hmm. and and black and white really really good. So it's I mean, it'd be like, I mean, I got a friend that's colorblind. It's like, you know, it's the same thing. There's probably, there's probably deer that see way better than other deer. I mean, what, right. What do you think? I mean, how many, how many people, you know, that got glasses, right? How many people you got that don't have glasses? Well, deer can't get glasses. So they just got bad eyesight. (laughs) You're right. Yeah. But, but somebody, you know, another deer might have perfect that's a, yeah that's they, an that's an excellent point that's something i've kind of been i've been thinking about lately you know we we view any other species we just group them into a, a a box of characteristics right of like general characteristics oh like you said deer deer can only see blue you know and that's helpful information for sure deer have a really great sense of smell uh you know you and and those generalities help us to an extent but I think you're 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 exactly right that in order to really understand deer or any species for that matter, you do have to kind of almost look at them as like you do people. You know, if 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 yeah, uh, man, if you and Brandon were in the same room yeah. right now, we would we'd notice very obvious differences. You know. Yep. Yep. They all hunt different, and you'll start to understand that the longer that you hunt and the more you know we on my home farm i have the you know i mean i have the the opportunity to hunt deer that you know stay on stay close to the farm you know or near the farm or they always come back and it's really allowed me to do some pretty serious I mean, my own research, I guess, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It is, and you get certain deer that just, I, I see a lot of, I see a lot of deer that they, they come home around this time of year. You know, if the weather gets bad, they, they come home. And then they might stay the next year or they might, be gone the whole year and the winter's not very hard and they stay where they've made a new home and then the next year all of a sudden when the weather gets bad they're back and it's like what mm-hmm. yeah they say that they're i mean i've read some research that says that uh, a lot of deer like to actually do that they you know it's just like whatever they say, outlaws and, oh, what is it? So, outlaws and something else, they they always come home. But Oh, yeah, I think I know the phrase you're talking I can't think of the other term, though, either. But, right. yeah. yeah. Horses. It, Horses and outlaws. Yeah, they there it is. always come home. Yep, but, there it is. Uh, it's, I, I see a lot of that. And it's, the, the longer that you hunt, the, the more you're going to, and that's that's the great thing about being being young hunters is as you get to experience all that. I mean, and 
just like we've said before, you, you're not going to do it sitting at home or yeah. watching trail camera because trail camera don't don't tell you a fraction of what's really going on. But right, right, yeah, yeah. Let's kind of let's kind of bring this in full circle here to what we were just talking about a few minutes ago. You know, with what Cole's saying and and what I kind of brought up and. And uh, Brandon, you know, I'm sure would agree here when you obviously with first gen hunter, our goal is to help people get in the woods and to stick with it. And those those goals, I think, lead to people who are um, uh, maybe respecting the resource as as it should be. You know, I think what can be easy with something like shed hunting or mushroom hunting is you almost just treat it as this this resource, you know, where you I gotta you know, you're it's almost like a mining operation, you know, I gotta scan this ground, turn over every every log and and leave no stone unturned to find every shed possible. But you know, I think that it's almost like a, a leave no trace camping approach where you know, remember, this is this is something special. This is you don't want to just blitz the woods and and uh, and um, you know push deer around like crazy. And you know, not only does it kind of almost disturb the peace and quiet and the beauty of it, if you if you do approach it that way, and and you know, it it, it, it does another thing to you. It starts to take away the enjoyment a little bit, I think, because. One of the things that you just cannot get away with with shed hunting is the fact that luck is such a big part of it, you know, like, yeah, you can, you can, the knowledge part comes with getting on where the deer are going to be. But what if that, you know, I got a friend who found a, an incredible, uh, drop tying antler, probably with like a, a, I don't know, maybe a eight to 10 inch drop tying on it and he found it in the middle of the road <laughs> you know what I mean? awesome yeah, you know yeah. what i mean road like, shed man yeah road that's right <laughs> right right could have popped somebody's tire and and so when you have that attitude of i just got to get in there i got to get in there before everybody else i got to get out there more than anyone and i'm pre i'm preaching to myself here people <laughs> you you start to lose track of it being fun and you get frustrated and you're like man i'm not finding any sheds i'm not finding any big sheds and you're missing the whole thing you know you're missing the the slowing down and you know some of the stuff that that cole's talking about here where you really get to know the deer that you're after and um and you just crank up the pressure on the deer in the woods and like you know the example of the trail camera every little every little bit of pressure we add it's not like it's going to kill the deer necessarily uh but it's going to it's going to make them more nocturnal right and it's it, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah it's going to make them harder to to get an arrow on them come october or november and yeah, if a deer if a deer walks by the same trail twice and he says something wasn't right there I don't know what was on that tree, but I'm not going to use that trail again. Right. So you thought the deer just ghosted, but in reality, he just, he got you. Right. Well, and, and especially, <laughs> it, yeah. And especially where we're at here, Cole, you know, where there's so much ag and so little like prime habitat 
on uh, obviously you and your family you guys have done some really really impressive things to maximize your habitat but most people have it you know most people they just kind of like you know this is the farm that i have permission to hunt on and this is kind of how it lays and you know you're, you're kind of almost and there's no fault of theirs if you know they're not allowed to do any kind of habitat improvement well where are you going to put that trail camera you're going to put it on the spot where you're most likely to see deer right where you're going to put it in one of your best spots so if you take you take what cole's saying there and you got like three best spots on this entire farm and now you've clogged them all up with cameras where the deer are all you know a little jumpy now now you're taking away your best hunting spots too you know yeah right Yeah, yeah for sure and i'm not i'm not anti trail camera i just they're good. They're just a tool. They're, take them for take them for what they are. They're, that's what they are. They're a tool, and just because a deer walks by them doesn't mean that that deer is walking by it every day. And just because you got one picture of a deer in a month doesn't mean he's not walking by that same spot every day. You're just not getting right. a picture of him. And and I right yeah I've seen both instances. You know yeah. Uh, that's a that's a that's a great point for sure well let's uh let's kind of start talking here a little bit about um you know this time of year and and this could even help too if you know originally cole is deep in the heart of texas right now people he's he's uh he's (laughs) out on work assignment for a couple weeks and and uh um, he's, he's, uh, kind of had a tough schedule here lately, but originally we were going to do a, a last minute late season tactic episode. Well, that, that didn't really work out timing wise. So, which is no problem, but maybe you do are in a state, uh, like, uh, Cole state, Illinois, where you have like a late season, you know, chronic wasting, uh, hunt that you could be doing or uh, maybe uh, you're down south or maybe you're in delaware like brandon you're just yeah. you know lucky enough to be able to have still, what, what do you got, got a couple, couple weeks left. couple weeks yeah, yeah man yep, got, uh, three three saturdays left in the uh in the season so wow. yeah wow yeah so we'll kind of tie this in here because cole is one of those people who's got a diverse enough exp- you know i guess you'd say batch of experiences to where yeah, he prefers to kill his deer in October. Killed his that giant in November this year, uh, but he's also killed deer in in the late season. And I think it's really important that we get some of that information for people like Cole because there's not a lot out there, and there's plenty of people, especially new hunters, uh, who um, maybe just have not been able to get things to click together for him. And uh, you got to be out there trying to fill that tag right now. So we'll kind of uh, approach that from that standpoint as well. But as we've just heard here, uh, Cole is he on his private ground and this is, uh, I do the same thing. And, uh, Brandon, uh, who's obviously said he doesn't do a lot of purposeful or hasn't done a lot of purposeful shed hunting in the past, but I imagine he has, mm-hmm. you have your own, uh, um, uh, rules i guess you would say for you know leaving the deer woods to be quiet for a little while yep. and that kind of Sanctuary thing and, yep mm-hmm. yep so i think it's super wise to be uh waiting until march 
or whenever. It kind of depends on what your latitude is for when that shedding time frame is going to be. But um, a theory that I hear a lot, Cole, and I don't know if you've heard this too or if you maybe you even uh, go by it, but I've heard a lot that the biggest bucks tend to drop the earliest. Have you seen that? Or do you think that's just uh, kind of a luck of the draw? Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying this excellent interview with Mr. Cole Young. Man, it just keeps on uh, getting better as you go through this one. There's some really good practical, which that's one of the things I really enjoy about talking with Cole Young. So much of what he does, he just shaves it down to what makes sense. And he really takes this common sense approach to hunting. And man, has he been successful at doing that. Sometimes I think we just make things too difficult for ourselves. And speaking of that, Today's tip of the day is really a common sense tip. It is one that I used last year when I was shed hunting, and uh, I actually ended up finding two sheds. I don't even know if I went five minutes before I found the next one, and they weren't even a match set. They were two separate sides from different deer. And uh, what I did was something that is very, I guess you could say, common sense. I was shed hunting some ground that a friend of mine uh, farms and uh, he was gracious enough to let me use his uh, Polaris Ranger, kind of a side-by-side UTV type of machine, and uh, cruise around with my son Jonas. And uh, of course, as you'll hear in this episode, Cole talks about the reality how if you want to find a lot of sheds it's usually best not to be riding around on a four-wheeler and I 100% agree with him but when you're bringing your not quite three-year-old with you uh, you you definitely gotta have some wheels (laughs) those miles start to add up pretty quick for short legs so what I did was I came across this really nice shed the best one I've ever found I should say the best one I've ever found and was was able to uh, take home with me Uh, you can hear more about the uh, shed that I spotted and was not able to take home with me because it was on someone else's private property and I had to leave it there and as much as it pained my soul I think you can hear that one clear back maybe even in episode two of the podcast but uh, the right after finding my best shed that I was allowed to take home I got up on the the bed of this Polaris Ranger, kind of has like a little, almost like a miniature truck bed on the back of it, and I stood in that bed, got my binoculars, and just started to glass a radius around my location there in every direction, trying to find the matched side of the antler that I had just picked up. And while doing so, I ended up spotting another antler about oh maybe a hundred yards away and uh, that extra vantage point that I had there made all the difference and uh, ended up making it so that Jonas and I were able to cruise up there and Jonas was able to pick up his first shed and uh, 
you know, it took him a little while to <laughs> figure out where it was, nearly tripped over it. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that's how I shed hunt too. So uh, apple doesn't fall far from the tree, I guess. But the, the tip here is use some common sense like that when you're shed hunting. Um, find a good vantage point. Uh, sometimes uh, that could be getting up on a terraced portion of a field and uh, kind of getting up on one of those grassy berms and just getting your binoculars out and scan out around uh, kind of you know keeping in mind where you're like to be there creatures of the edge but maybe you can also spot you know if there's a lot of snow on the ground you can spot a clearing out in a, a ag field where the snow has melted off earlier or blown away from being exposed to the wind more and uh, probably a good chance deer are going to be feeding in that area so you can get up on that good vantage point and start glassing in that direction maybe it could be climbing into a uh, small tree just make sure you don't uh, injure yourself uh, maybe it's getting into one of your tree stands and uh, scanning around from up there but getting to that good vantage point can really help make up for a lot of the miles that we have to put on and uh, um, can help point you in the right direction a lot uh, earlier um, of course if you're shed hunting out west you know there's a lot of guys that that's like their their key to finding sheds they get up on a good ridge you know a little bit higher up in the mountain look down into the valleys and across onto other other uh, peaks and and uh, other ridges and see what they can spot with their binoculars and start hiking in that direction so that's your tip of the day use some common sense get to a good vantage point and get out the binoculars and help yourself glass up some more sheds now let's get back to part two of the interview with mr cole young there's probably some truth to that because I would assume that the, I mean, you, you got to think about stress and I think that, uh, you know, a, a buck that's been typically the bigger deer are the ones that have been working the most yeah. throughout the rut. So you know, I mean, we, we actually got a real, I mean, we got a giant that just randomly showed up on our farm and my brother sent me a picture of him and I was like, man, he is skinny. Like, mm-hmm. He is skinny. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, and I mean, I, I shot a deer one time. I, one year I shot a deer, I think it was like January 10th or the 12th or something like that. It was like it was like five days before the season ended or something like that. And, uh, the deer, he scores like one sixty nine and seven eighths or something like that. Oh, nice buck. Oh yeah. He's a dandy. Really but, yeah. He legitimately field dressed 150 pounds. Wow. Like, wow. Rutting we hard, didn't even, man. I've never field dressed. Or I never skinned a deer. And there was just, there was nothing on the shoulders, the front shoulders to even take. Like, it, there was nothing. Wow. There. Wow. Mm. And I was just like, you know, this, he was going to die. Mm-hmm. And I mean, but January 10th, he was still, he was still on that last dough. You know, he's, I, I think that sometimes 
there's to me there's there's like a a list of three things that that a deer is is after late season you know and, and i think that the weather changes on what the priorities are yeah sure and i mean a, a big mature buck is gonna he's gonna find he, he's gonna search out that last doe hmm. i mean it's just it's nature man that's what happens right but sometimes you know that there's they're survivalists, so if if their belly happens to get in the way, that they're gonna go to food. But yeah, you know, it, to me, it's a list of you know whether they're hungry and whether there's a hot dough and what kind of shape they're in. And mm-hmm. right, but I I think that sometimes people like to just single in on food and if there's no snow on the ground i mean most big bucks are gonna browse until there's nothing left Hmm. Uh, but when there's when you got ice and snow i mean they, they gotta come to that that high protein feed you know they're gonna be in the ag fields they're gonna be i mean i'm not really sure what's out in delaware i mean i'm sure there's some ag but they're they're looking for for that food source and you know that might be pawing up alfalfa or whatever but if if the weather's not terrible i mean they're more than likely just gonna be eating what they've been eating yeah looking for a dough and then They'll make it to the to the destination feed when they do. But as far That's as interesting. as far as whether they shed earlier or not, mm. I don't know. I mean, I'm just trying to think back to kind of the sheds that I find in in order. And I I don't know that there's any sort of pattern, but uh I, w- I would say that that sometimes that can be true just because because of the stress level you know the, those deer have have done a lot more work than than the younger right. bucks I mean I mean a year and a half old yeah he might he might carry that spike or that fork horn all the way until he starts growing his next set of antlers just because he doesn't he ain't got any does so he just goes and eats whatever he wants whenever he wants you know right yeah i found a i found a fork this last spring and i think it was in boy it must have been like around the 10th of april and it still had blood on it i mean it was it was just it was like that you know how like a fresh shed just looks like like a like a pearl right on the yeah right on the base of it you know it's like shiny it was like that and it was the 10th of april so yeah that definitely goes with what you're saying there but i mean that's one antler (laughs) out of the thousands of antlers that get shed every year but no kidding yeah that's you know i guess there's a couple things that that make me you know i got i guess 
I got to see it myself. You know what I mean? That's most things. I got to see if that's that's really how it is ends up being. And I'm not saying that somebody who thinks that that's 100% true that that big bucks always you know tend to shed first. I would just I I'd want to see that more myself. But there are a couple things that make it seem like that could be. And just from like a biological standpoint, you know, kind of what Cole's saying there, the factor of stress. I mean, not only are they rutting harder and having to defend, you know, their their breeding rights, basically, you know, they're chasing off smaller bucks and and that kind of thing. But they're getting hunted harder, too. You know, there's there's uh, hunters are are targeting they know about they're like we're saying they're putting up cameras where they know they're gonna have a good chance of getting a shot of these deer and uh they're just putting a little bit more pressure on the the bigger deer than they are the smaller deer and uh the the other thing is too just from a mechanical standpoint you know once those uh pedicles on their skull start to break away from the antler you got a more massive antler hanging on there. Well, it's probably going to fall off a little bit easier and a little bit earlier than, you know. Yeah, for sure. For than, sure. Right. than a smaller one. So, you know, yeah. there might there might be some mechanical things behind it like that. But, but um, you know, a lot of it is driven by testosterone levels too. And, you know, I've heard yeah. some, some guys say, you know, well, those those bigger bucks they've they've already had you know all the breeding cycles uh you know fulfilled for themselves and they kind of go into you know shutdown mode or whatever and and that may be too i don't know but yeah it's worth it's worth probing though for sure and and uh yeah and i sometimes i think it's just completely random oh yeah (laughs) i mean i i'm sure that there is you know there's somebody out there doing research on it right now yeah but, you know I, <laughs> yep. i've watched uh, i mean just like with the weight thing yeah you, you know you would there's tons of research out there that says that you know if a big buck you know loses an antler you know that he's gonna he can only go so far with the other ones like I, i've watched i've watched five and a half year old bucks carry an antler for like 10 days you know it's it's all completely random i mean i've i've walked the same paths and found a shed and then came back the very next day and found his other shed absolutely that's happened yeah but i've also i mean i got more singles laying on the wall than i do sets and right. they can carry them forever. They can, I mean, there, there's so many different possibilities, but you can just, there, there are ways to strategize, to, to find more antlers. And mm-hmm. it's honestly, it's for me, it's just strictly where they spend their time, you know? Yeah. You, yeah. It, if, if a deer in the late winter is mainly focused on food at that time when they're shedding, that's, that's their main focus, but you can start there. You can, you can ravage the food source, you know, 
Yep. Or otherwise, most of the, the rest of their time is spent in their bed. So right. that's why I think that you can do a lot of damage by, just like you said, Kent, like getting in there. It, getting in there too early is is a problem. And I think one of my favorite rules is an hour or less. I, I don't I don't go on a longer shed hunt than an hour just because I think you end up like you said, you burn yourself out, yeah you, mm. and you can end up you know, you think if I walk a little further maybe I'll find one. Right. If I walk a little further, <laughs> maybe I'll find one. <laughs> Three miles in. <laughs> then oh, you're yeah. you're in your best bed bedroom spot and you still ain't found a shed. And yep. mm-hmm. I'm not saying that in March that's a problem. That's just something that I've done and I Yeah. I it helps me be successful. It helps my mindset more than anything. Right. I mm-hmm. just I like short walks. Yeah, I, I, I do the same exact thing this time of year. You know, I it's very much so a, a in fact, a lot of times it's right after work. You know what I mean? Yep. On my way home, I, I hit a public piece, hike in, maybe a 45-minute search because it is what Cole's saying. You're going to see deer sign everywhere, and uh, this is the hardest time of the year for them, so you don't want to bump around too much. But also, you're most of the deer are still carrying sheds. So if you're out there for three hours, you're just gonna, like he said, that's a great point. You're going to just walk away frustrated. But mm-hmm. then as you, as you do get to that time of year where more antlers are on the ground, then yeah, extend that out a little bit. And, and, uh, you know, that makes sense. Now, something I want to, I want to put on here too. Uh, there's some rules out there. Uh, in Iowa, we have a very generous it's a it's a it's a shed hunter state. You can shed hunt anytime you want. And on public ground, any shed you find is yours. Some states that's not the case. I know Illinois just across the river, there's some rules there on public land shed hunting. I think only some specific places it can be done. Um out west, there's actual seasons uh for the reasons that Cole just mentioned you don't want to be they don't want you uh pushing elk around and mule deer around when they're I mean there's a lot less food out there in the wintertime than there is here in the Midwest. So you can you can really do some damage there by making those those animals have to run around so much. And then here's another thing. I, I try not to like mention things very often that I have like like actual you know like i I have beef with (laughs) but there's one thing every year and you guys probably have seen these before somebody will post something about an easy diy antler trap don't work oh i hate i hate i mean it hurts the deer it it, plain and simple it hurts the deer you know they go in there they they start they start you know hitting that corn and then they they get an antler caught on there and it rips half their pedicle off. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't work anyways. We we used to have a guy that hunted with us way back in the day, like uh, when I was a kid, and he was all about them. And they I mean, we had the buckets that you yeah, ratchet strapped to the tree, and they got this giant bungee cord apparatus on them, mm-hmm. or you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. the, yeah, the old triangle hog fence trick or 
all this. Because, you know, back, you know, whatever, 12, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, it, you could supplement feed deer in Illinois after the season. And my, my grandpa was just, he had cattle his whole life. He really, really enjoyed having the wildlife. Sure. And we didn't, you know, it was pre-food plot, you know, so it, he really enjoyed taking, you know, a couple alfalfa bales from the barn, and he, he mixed all his own feed. So he'd, he'd mix up a deer mix and crack corn and oats and whatever else he wanted to put in there, and he, he had three spots where he, where he would feed them, and, you know, I, I can't even tell you. I think in my entire life, I found like, you know, granted this is pre, you know, shed hunting craze, you know, mm -hmm. I, I think we only found like a couple, couple antlers by those piles. And, and the guy we used to hunt with, he was always trying to find more sheds and, and, uh, yeah, they, they don't work. So if you, yeah. if you're thinking about trying those, just, I'm I'm a firm believer in, if you want to find sheds, Put on some some hiking boots and just mm -hmm. go walk. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it takes away. I mean, to me, then you're 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 taking the the best part of it out of there, right? When you use stuff like that, you know. Even and, and there's some guys that, like you're saying, that specifically where they can still do it legally, put out the supplemental feed just to find a shed and a pile of corn and i'm not saying that that's wrong or anything like that but again you're kind of taking away the <coughs> ohio <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're kind of taking away the uh most fun part of it you know where where um you all of a sudden walk around a corner and there's this beautiful shed laying there on the ground and you know you feel that it's, you know it's like shooting a deer you the when the hard work yeah. comes together and yeah and i don't the, i don't mean to go fun in ohio <laughs> so everybody <laughs> i i got a couple but actually i got one of the i'm in bow hunting league and one of my teammates is is from ohio his name's landon thomas and he's he's a big buck killing machine he, <laughs> he's he's an awesome dude but i always i always poke fun that because they can, they, it's a bait state. So I, I always poke fun at them, but mm -hmm. oh yeah, no, yep. no harm done. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's uh, it's always good to throw a couple of over the boundaries uh, jokes out there. That's, that's over the state boundaries. Probably but, gonna get tore up from everybody from Ohio listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not listening yeah. to Cole Young again. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's there's a lot of good people out there in, in Ohio, and it is a big buck state. You know what's kind of cool? Speaking of Ohio, I do want to hunt out there sometime. They have so much, like, you know, kind of like West Virginia, where it just feels like ancient timber you know what i mean like that like there's timber there that's been there and kentucky's the same way you know there's timber that's been there since daniel boone was there you know what i mean and mm -hmm. and uh, there's just some really old forests and some of those big bucks run around in those areas i think that is that's really cool pennsylvania yeah, got some, that's incredible habitat out there it and so there's a couple guys from uh 
from the working class team that are from Ohio and and man, I'll tell you what, they're on they're on big deer every mm. year. And mm-hmm. I I joke that it's a bait state, but man, they they work their butt off and, and they mm-hmm. they are killing some slammers every mm. especially I mean Damian Riffle, he's I mean, if you're listening to this, it check check Damian out. He's definitely a proven um, I think he actually was on like a like a show back in the day, mm. but uh, oh, wow. yeah, I, I can't believe that he's not actually like a full time, you know, pro hunter because because he does awesome stuff out west, and uh, that's really cool in, in his home state there. Mm-hmm. But yep, that's my Ohio kick. Yeah, I, well, I. I, yeah, I've, I've been wanting, in fact, Brandon and I, we were actually kind of planning to get out there, kind of meet halfway in the middle and hunt Ohio this year. Mm-hmm. It just didn't end up uh, working out, but yeah, we definitely need to, we need to get somebody on the show from Ohio. Yeah, Damien or Landon would be awesome, awesome guys to get on. Landon's probably, he's younger, he's probably, I don't know, how much, are you, how much younger are you, Kent, than me? I'm 31, so we're the same age i'm gonna be 32 in like a few days 20th nice well happy birthday but don't do that to yourself man i did that last night i was i i was like i realized that in six months i have another birthday and i'm like man i'm just (laughs) getting used to being 31 (laughs) (laughs) yeah i once you get so many kids, you just forget. Like, I just, I don't even know how old I am. <laughs> yeah, right, that's right. right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> oh, man. No, that's. We, uh... went, we went somewhere and somebody asked how old I was, and I had to ask Ariel. <laughs> I was like, uh, am I 30 or am I 31? Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know? right. You start doing the math. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and, that, and you know what? That's okay because once you hit, like, you know, once you once you get out of your thirties, you just don't even want to know anymore how old you are. You know, not that not that people are old after that point, but you just I had I had a real like adjustment phase when I turned thirty. You know, just like reconciling with that in my mind is like, man, yeah. I'm thirty. Like <laughs> I, I don't know. I just you know I've been getting all these gray hairs lately and stuff. You know, I'm just starting to realize that I. I guess I'm, I'm realizing I don't, I'm not going to live forever. <laughs> uh, just embrace it. Just yep, that's right. Be be fat and <laughs> and and be old and and just you know let it go. Yeah. Enjoy life. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and hunt. Right. Yep. 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 Yeah, I always. Uh, that's why I always use shed hunting as an excuse for a chance to get less fat. But yeah, you know, yeah. then you start it's packing exercise. snacks. Yeah, you start packing <laughs> snacks when you when you go. Uh, <laughs> I no. gain weight when I go shed hunting. <laughs> yeah, I had a good realization of that when I was hunting this year. When I was trying to hang and hunt, and I was, <laughs> it was like seventy degrees out. I was like, man, I need, I need to get in shape. Then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man, that is that is crazy hard work. If anybody has never tried doing a hanging hunt, where you're hiking with sticks and a stand on your back, yeah, is, carrying a bow and yeah, that. Mm-hmm. that is not for the faint of heart. I mean, mm-hmm. there's and you know when you're standing there at the base of the tree and you're looking up at the tree, you're like, meh, not too bad. And then you get up there and then 
you're like you're getting your sticks laid and you're you're getting up there and you're starting to hang your stand and you're like i did not see this stick <laughs> and mm-hmm. or, or you can't like get your strap swung around the tree quite right and you're just like getting more and more tired by the second yeah i i felt the same age thing this year yeah mm-hmm. I, my realization comes when i get in the stand yeah and i i like get all the way up there and like i I am sweating profusely. Like I, I can't do this. <laughs> yep. But, you know, and then you realize you got to get back down. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. You're like, you know what? This is taking this. layers off to cool off. <laughs> so funny. I, I think I talked about this on our. Well, I shouldn't say too much, but on on the podcast about Tommy is. Like when I actually did that hang and hunt, like I sat the rest of the night with, I mean, literally a Carhartt long sleeve t-shirt on and just Carhartt work jeans. Like that, that was how I hunted the rest of the night. Like I was, <laughs> it was hot. Like it was, yeah. I think the temperature only got down to like 55 and I was, yeah. Just, yeah. Oh uh, yeah. When you, when you put in all that effort and you hike all that way in, yeah, it's easy to really get, get toasted by by that and then you're mm-hmm. thinking man if i got to drag a buck out of here i might have to call him yeah call him the calvary mm-hmm. oh that's that's for sure well let's kind of as we uh as we uh wind down here i know we all got to get up and go to work in the morning unfortunately we're not going hunting in the morning right mm, but no, um no. No kidding. but as we as we start looking at this let's take this to something that is really kind of your specialty Cole, which is you're matching these sheds up with target bucks. And so scouting is really a big part of what you end up achieving, whether or not that's, you know, a goal you have, which I think it probably is just based on previous conversations we've had, but you end up getting a lot of, you know, scouting intel, whether that be just, yeah, he's still alive. I found a sheds, um, or, uh, this is where you're spending time this time of year, but how are you? How are you uh, so frequently matching up your target buck with his sheds? You know, by the time you kill him, is it is a lot of it done through? You know, I, I know we talked about how you got to be really careful with the pressure side of using trail cameras and that, but are you using cameras a lot to identify where his core area is, or um, do you just from from your observation sits, you know, during hunting season, or is it just all that kind of combined together helps you find your target buck sheds? Yeah. So it's, I mean, definitely it's always as many, as many tools as just like I always say, you know, a a trail camera is just a tool and it's always as many tools as you can use. It's, it's going to do nothing but help you. But I mm-hmm. I would say that overall, you know, my my best tool to find sheds is just is just knowing where that buck is from previous sits, or you know, just spotting him in that area. You know, if, if you see a buck at three o'clock in the afternoon in october you know that he's probably not very far from his bed or Mm -hmm. sure if that's a good point if you are sitting late winter and you habitually see this deer 
coming to the same food source, you know, and, you know, you can see where they're coming from, you know, you can, you can backtrack from there and right. It's all about what tools you want to use. And I, that's a great point. I'll say that, you know, that's, that's just part of it. I, I will say that I specifically try to focus on terrain. I, I'm, I'm very, I, I don't know if I'm different in that regard or, or the same. I know that a lot of guys live by the same sort of rules that I do, but I like to target specific terrain and that seems to be the ticket for me. But, you know, if you're, if you're walking a, a hillside and, and all of a sudden you're, there's no snow and then you walk down into an area and there's six inches of snow. I mean, it's pretty obvious that, I mean, it's harder for you to walk. So why would a deer walk through six inches of snow when he could walk 10 feet up the ridge and walk through no snow? Mm, you know, yeah. it, there's, there's certain things that you can gather from the woods. I mean, they're, they're creatures of habit, but I mean, as far as travel goes in the late season, man, sometimes deer are lazy. They, they're going to do what's easiest because they're trying to use less energy to, to, I mean, I mean, they're, they're trying to survive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to find a pile of sheds on a river bottom that's has no food and all the grass is laid down because it's covered in snow. You know, that them deer are trying to stay warm. They're trying to stay close to food. Um, and that's kind of how I like to shed hunt. I, I like to have fun with it. And I, but as far as, you know, target deer go, I, I guess it's just a, a matter of previous years. Um, and I will say that, I mean, almost every, I say almost every big deer that I've ever killed. I mean, I found a shed mm. to that to that deer within, I mean, quarter mile of where I shot him. Like that, it. Well, that's they say, interesting. They say hunt where you find sheds, and that is one thing I will say that is true. Hmm. I mean, just like that big deer that showed up just a couple weeks ago on our farm. You know, I told my brother, I'm like, man, that looks just like that set of sheds I found, you know, here. And where my brother got a picture of him, it was like, you know, like less than a quarter mile away. And I'm like, Holy yeah, smoke. you know, it, and even this year, that giant that I killed on my other farm, I found a mm -hmm. shed right on top of the right on top of the hill where he went the first day, you know. Yeah. Less than a, less than a couple hundred yards away, and yeah, uh, I mean that could go on and on. I mean, Randy, I mean we we found, oh, I think we found three of his sheds in the same food pot that I killed him. Wow! And wow! 
That's the Randy's the buck, by the way, for those of you uh, listening in here. If you go back to the first interview that we've done with Cole, which I think was episode 17, I think, um, go on to firstgenhunter.com and you can see a picture of Randy. He was a really cool old buck. I mean, he was like, what, seven years mm-hmm. old, you think, Cole? If I remember correctly. Yeah, we, we think he's either seven and a half or eight and a half. We got, uh, I found I had one shed to him, and my brother had, I think, five wow. sheds to him. Yeah, that picture that I have is like all those sheds piled up on his back. I mean, really a wow. cool, really a cool picture. And uh, yeah, he was definitely it. I mean, he is no genetic specimen, but boy, he's pretty awesome. Yeah, and he's I a just cool buck. I just put him on the form. Uh, that tells you how far behind I am with mountain deer, but I just put them on the form right before I, I came down here. So I'm, I'm anxious to get back home and, and get them finished up and, and get all those sheds laid out and yeah. And, and make a display out of it. But yeah, man, no, there, there's been just almost all the deer that we kill on our farm. You know, it, it's, and granted, you know, the farm's maybe a, a mile, a mile long and a mile wide or whatever, but in, I guess, square footage terms, it's kind of, it's di- laid out a little different, but mm-hmm. it's, it's not gigantic, but, sure. uh, there definitely is a trend to, cause essentially I mean, most of the sheds you're going to find is not most, I, I shouldn't say most, but in my experience, most of the sheds you're going to find is, is where they're bedding. So it, you're just, you're just finding where they're bedding and you just happen to be, you know, if you're close by, they show up, you know, yeah. it, it's, it's something that I've noticed, but mm-hmm. yeah. other than, target box i mean that's that's really i don't have a you know some potion to throw at it but (laughs) it it just the must be nice potion right yeah yeah the must be nice (laughs) yeah Uh, cole's most hated phrase (laughs) yeah must be nice must be nice but no, no it, there's some great stuff you about, said in there, man. It's all about miles, you know. If you yeah. want to, if you want to find a lot of sheds, you you got to walk a lot. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you got. If you if you want to find a lot of sheds, and you want to drive around on a four wheeler, I mean, I'm sorry, you just it's not going to happen for you. Yeah. It's, I mean, I've I've drove right by them on a quad before. Yeah. But yeah, that's true. They're, especially, uh, you know, you're considering the food source around here are corn stubble. I mean, man, there's a uh, uh, go. Actually, another reason to go onto the Facebook page, um, the like the background for the first gen hunter Facebook page is a shed that I found in some corn last year. And man, that thing blends in <laughs> so well. And <laughs> so Cole's right. You know, if you're, if you're only just cruising around, which I mean, if that's what you enjoy doing by all means, you know, 
have fun but it is it is pretty tough to find them from a you know a vehicle just because you're you know you're moving along pretty quick but yeah those, yeah i'm not i'm the, not saying you can't do it i'm just saying if, yeah yeah if you want to find a lot that's not the way to do it yeah Right. And, and I, you know, you said some stuff in there and I, I should have thought of this before because it just makes so much sense. But, you know, you see a buck who's kind of got a habit at the end of the season, you know, of going to this one food source and going, you see where he's coming out of. That's a great tip. Go, you know, in March, if you can let it cool off till then, there's a good chance that he's, I mean, he might have to range out a little bit further into the cornfield as everything gets, you know, eaten up by him and the other deer in the area on the edges, but he's probably still going to be on a pretty similar path there. And so, um, you know, just go, go and, uh, spend some time looking where you last saw. And if that's, you know, the buck you you're after, or maybe the one you're wanting to give him another year and hunt him the next year or whatever, head that yeah. way and, and make that happen. It's almost, it's almost like reverting back to your preseason scouting you know yeah. it, it's just different right you, you're no longer well like scouting. what you said with the october thing you know that that's a huge tip you know deer are very much so you know they're much more true to their much more true to their normal routine which is correct me if i'm wrong here cole that's why you like killing deer in october because you know that's it's not a it's not a uh, act of randomness that the rut can be. It's it's, it's uh, the buck that you've been following, right? Yeah, I mean, it's more calculated, that's for sure. Um, but I, I will say that I've probably killed, I, I don't, I'd have to look in the basement and just see, but I, I think that I've probably killed more deer in December and January than I have in oh, October, really? Huh. In, wow. in, in October and November. I mean, mm-hmm. it, but I mean, like I say, man, horses and outlaws, they always come home. That's right. So it's, they revert back. You know, you might have a deer that just goes missing for, you know, two months that is the rut. And yeah, all of a sudden they're, they're back doing the same thing they were in October when you last seen them. And mm-hmm. so that, that's kind of as far as targeting specific deer. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of wait the whole year just hoping you yeah. know, that deer, they come back, you know? Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, and, and you know, as we, you know, as we kind of draw to a close here, you know, one good last thing to maybe preach on here for a second is Cole and his, his family, they've done a lot of habitat improvement work on their, their farms that they hunt. And in fact, when you get to hear the story of, uh, of, uh, Tommy, when that episode drops here in a few weeks, you'll get to hear how that was a huge part of the story, a huge, a huge, you know, kind of the cornerstone to mm-hmm. the whole thing working out is yeah, the I habitat think, uh, management and you know that i like that phrase maybe that's what we should call this uh, uh episode yeah, horses, man. horses and outlaws episode 38 there horses and outlaws yeah. with uh with uh, cole young but uh if you want to take advantage of that reality that natural behavior you know there's a farm that i hunt that's a great october farm it's a good it, it, 
I haven't hunted it much in November, but it, I mean, my trail cameras tell me it's a great November farm. But after that, because there's not enough late season um, thermal cover, those deer aren't on the farm until, like, literally on the trail camera, you will not see another deer until March. I mean, they just, they go somewhere else where they have that, that need met. But that also tells me, since there's so many deer there in October, they like being there. There's stuff there that they like. And so if I can meet those needs, you know, on that farm eventually, then those deer are going to be there back in December, back in January. And, uh, and I, shed season will be better. I like that. I like what you just said because I I think that some people, you know, you know, there's going to be people that listen to this and think, well, I shed hunt my whole farm every year and I don't find anything. You know, what am I doing wrong? That there are some farms. Yes. I mean, there's a lot of the countryside that. They, it just does not hold deer right. in the winter. Yep. But, mm-hmm. You know, like I, if if you hunt 500 acres of river bottom that ice jams come up and it floods and it's – there's certain things that deer need in the winter. And if you don't meet some of those requirements, you, there there might not be a deer drop on your entire farm right yeah and so i i think that's where some people get frustrated you know that they they do do the work they do walk a lot they do put in the time but at the end of the day it's just not going to happen for you regardless because right you you don't have to you don't have the right habitat and i think yeah having an understanding for that can go a really long way so yeah yeah definitely you you just need to understand what what deer need in the winter you know mm-hmm. they, yep. they need good habitat they need to be able to have those areas to to get out of the weather they need to have hillsides to lay on and stay warm and yeah you know, it, it, it there's a lot of things that need to happen and some farms just aren't wintering farms and right I think that's where some people go wrong. I'm just glad you you mentioned that because that's a big thing that I hear a lot. It's like yeah. you know, I walk my whole farm, I don't find nothing. I mean, I yeah. got a I got a cousin that is well, it's actually his father-in-law, but we, I call him my cousin, whatever. But he's married to my cousin, and he hunts the far north end of the farm, and it's a all north-facing hillside and chisel plowed cornfield and he you know he he struggles sometimes because he don't find any sheds and, you know i i just finally i just explained to him like dude that's just not it's not gonna happen you know i heard right. that mm-hmm. i shed hunted that farm before you were even around and and i never found a shed over there right so, yeah but i i take him with me other spots and he gets to find some antlers and he's stoked about it so yeah, yeah that's awesome he's a good he's a good friend 
Yeah. Well, that's a great, I'm glad you brought that up because that's something that I've kind of been, you know, figuring out the last several seasons. I've been, you know, like I said, I've been shed hunting longer than I've been hunting. So I'm starting to get enough seasons where I'm seeing, seeing these trends and for a new shed hunter, that can be extremely frustrating, especially if, you know, you're somebody who maybe put down some money to either lease or, even purchase some land to hunt you know i know brandon and his hunting club they they uh lease quite a bit of land and if you're in that situation and you're not finding any sheds that can be really frustrating to you and you know just like i like how cole said it's nothing that you're doing wrong it's just the fact that the deer aren't there and no deer Mm -hmm. no sheds Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah if you if you walk it in february with snow on the ground and there ain't a track in there. I mean, yeah, that's your evidence right there. I'm not saying right I'm not saying turn around and go home. I mean, you know, you you can do your scouting, but don't don't get discouraged when you don't when you don't find an antler yeah. because I mean it, that's 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 why I like to scout when there's snow on the ground. It's just because it's just a i mean they're laying it out for you i mean here yeah. it is this is what i'm doing so yeah mm-hmm. yep. if it's not a wintering area it just it just isn't yeah no well, that's 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 you, great gotta, you gotta do some habitat improvement to change that for sure that's right. right yeah and even then sometimes it's not enough i mean there, there's just certain things they like and you'll figure that out yeah there yeah. you go yeah, this has been a, this has been a totally different episode here for First Gen Hunter. I mean, we've you know normally we're pretty uh, get down to business, but it's been nice to kind of kick back here and just have a good shed hunting conversation. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like I'm at like uh, you know like a a shed hunting uh, camp here with Brandon and Cole. <laughs> you know that'd be a fun thing to do sometime. We should we should definitely do that. Just get together the three of us sometime and do a a weekend of shed hunting somewhere. Well, I mean, I'm excited to, uh, you know, embark on, you know, the journey this year of trying to get more serious with it. So I appreciate the tips and pointers because, you know, I mean, it's just anything to keep the season going a little bit longer or, you know, look for things that are going to get you excited about the next season. So I'm, I'm pumped to be able to get out there and give it a go this year. Yeah, I want to I see what you uh, end up turning up because yeah, Delaware, as I've obviously, I, I think I've. I've only driven through Delaware one time. I think I stopped at a gas station once in, in <laughs> Delaware. But uh, uh, from just watching, you know, like even just seeing those deadheads that your cousin, mm-hmm. it was your cousin, right? Mm-hmm. You found those? Yeah. Uh, yep. There's some impressive deer there. And I'm really mm-hmm. interested to see, especially with like the flooded timbers and stuff like that. I'm really, yeah. I'm really uh, excited to see what you turn up when you really focus your efforts on finding some sheds there. But I think, um, I think, uh, the fact that you're having to hunt so much this late season is probably going to, uh, give you some interesting insight into where to find them. So yeah, I agree. That's uh, there'll be a cool opportunity for you. Well, Cole, you wait until, uh, wait until February at least before you hit the woods. Yeah. I, I would say mid, to late February is when I, when I try to start, I, I do think, I mean, like I said before, if you know that you're the only one that's going to be in there 
And I and I know it's hard. I really do. I understand. Mm-hmm. Especially but, once you follow social media and you start seeing people picking them up. Yeah. Yep. 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 First post of the year. Oh, I found this hanger. You know. Yep. Just so you know, I've been <laughs> I've been shed hunting for like 15 years. I never found a hanger. Yeah. But anyways, I understand the excitement, and uh, I think if you in that mid to late February time frame. You know, just, you know, get in the fringes. You, you don't have to, but if, if you know you're the only one in there, I, I firm believer in, in March 1st, you know, just give them time to drop, give them, give them time to, <laughs> to carry on with their ways. I mean, there's certain years that even March 1st ain't late enough, you right. know, mm-hmm. I mean, I got, I think I got pictures of a deer that my dad killed. And I think the picture was taken March 28th. I mean, he's a big five and a half year old buck, six and a half year old buck carrying both sides, you know? Wow. <laughs> it wow. was wild. And Crazy. I clearly, yeah. clearly bumped him coming in because it was like, I was just going to check trail cameras and, you know, shed hunt and check, check cameras at the same time. And I checked that camera and, and he ran by that camera like, I mean, it was like two minutes before I got there, and I was like, huh. <laughs> well, that's why I didn't pick his sheds up. Yeah, still wearing them. Still got them <laughs> on his head. <laughs> but, <laughs> yep. You know, it, that, that's uh, that's my take is, is, you know, maybe that mid to late February, you know, just just start start tickling the edge. See, see what you find. If you bump a buck with both sides, yeah, not time yet. Get out of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But don't go blowing up everything. Yeah. And yeah. right off the bat. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, an, an, I, another thing that I think people can do if they're really getting that itch, besides just hitting um, public land, you know, go on, go on to some public land. And the reason I say that is because of. The fact that there's going to be competition there so whether or not you're babying that public land somebody else is already going through it i can guarantee you that i've i've shed hunted so much public ground to tell you that that uh you see i i don't know if i've ever shed hunted a snow covered piece of public and not found footprints before <laughs> you know before i've gotten in there mm-hmm. so it, it, there's nothing wrong with with getting out and and going after some public ground and and but 100 percent agree with cole if you can and trespassing is not an issue and you can truly just let a property soak let it soak get i mean go to go to march and, and wait and and then uh you know it'll be a much better thing but would you agree with this, Cole, that maybe somebody could uh, kind of pick around the edges of a of a piece if they really got an itch and maybe only, you know, go out in those feeding areas a little bit and see if there's anything laying out there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's no harm. I mean, honestly, you know, I, I don't like to preach a lot, so it, it, do whatever you want. But for me, that, I mean, that's what I try to do just kind of skirt the edge and and figure it out as you go you know there's there's something to be said for a little bit of patience and yep i i only know that because i 
blew up my best spots and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? yeah, i mean right. even even just last year you know we, we had a lot of deer still holding like into mid-march you know and wow and uh you know my brother was like you know i think we i think we can go now i think we can go now and then heck we we drove we had the kids you know and they're excited mm-hmm. so we we get up in there and i mean sure as heck i mean we get up into one of our best spots and bump like the biggest target deer that we're after. Oh. Like, well, <laughs> it's carrying both sides. I'm like, oh, that's uh, that's the end of that. <laughs> Time so, to go yeah, home, kids. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we drove around a little more, but I, I'm sure that it'll be. I think that, uh, and then like like Brandon, you were saying, you got you know, it's it's a group of guys, and I. Uh, honestly, some of my best days shed hunting has been with, I, I shed hunt a lot, you know, by mm-hmm. myself, just, just because, and just because time, time, yeah. time wise, it works out that way. But yeah, definitely if, the more eyes, the better. And I've had some of the best days shed hunting with a group of four or five guys. And, you know, you, you get a backpack and go for a walk and. You know that that's where where some some good memories are made for sure. Oh sure, yeah. So more eyes the better, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can't can't see them all by yourself. Mm-hmm. The next next best thing is a dog, and I'm I'm on my way. That that'll be the next <laughs> dog for Cole. Yeah, shed dog. Yeah, I tried like, training yeah. my dog, but man, it's. And you know, anytime I pick up a shed around the house or something, he's all he's like, "Hey, I remember this game." It's like, "Did you find one for me in the field?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and no, I, I did the same thing with Max, and I. But, and I mean, he would. I would go hide it in the fence line behind my house, and yep. And he'd find it every time. But nice. Once yeah. we got out into the woods, <laughs> he was. Like, he was hunting birds. That's you know? right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah Theo will find all the uh, all the woodcock and snipe and stuff like that. But he does <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, no antlers. But and I felt bad because you know like he was trained to do. He was doing what he was trained to do. So I was like, yeah. you know what? This is too. I, I'm not going to differentiate that. Right. So exactly. He, right. He's a bird hunter, you know. That's that's what he is. The ne- the next one can can be an antler hunter. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's a good way to put it. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight, and to uh, all of our listeners out there, um, we really do hope you get out and do some shed hunting and and give it a try. You know, be respectful, like we talked about. Just know that uh, there's other people that may want to shed hunt where you're shed hunting, and you don't have to burn the place to the ground to find every shed. You know, don't overpressure the deer and 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 do stuff, and and certainly don't get frustrated. You know, like mm-hmm. like Cole's saying, have those realistic expectations and man you're outside you're stretching your legs like we're saying bring some friends along bring your kids along Mm -hmm. your wife or your husband whoever bring them along and and share that experience with them and uh when you get home then you just uh gotta head over to uh your computer your smartphone and go to www.thehuntfishlife.com 
She, how was that for a transition, man? That was that a was, nice segue there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go over to thehuntfishlife.com, link up on Facebook and Instagram with Brandon and his crew, and uh, follow along, you know, because maybe we're going to find out that Brandon is like the the next uh, shed hunting aficionado of the East Coast. <laughs> hey, this is giving me a good start, so I, I'm pumped, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited <laughs> to see what you pull out of the out of the flooded woods of uh yes. delaware <laughs> yeah, and right. and uh you know make sure uh you head over to firstgenhunter.com as well and um, follow everything that we're doing check us out on instagram facebook go wild and uh be sure to like and comment on the uh, podcast love having you guys tune in uh of course you're a big part of the first gen family and everything we do here and we hope that this show is totally helpful to you as you wind down this hunting season you have just a few more opportunities to take care and take someone hunting 